Welcome to Millennial 710. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. We always have this segment on the show called Laura's Rage of the Week, but I'm starting to realize that it's really only me who does the raging within the Rage of the Week segment. And it's gotten very uncomfortable. I'm going to rename it Andrew's Rage of the Week now. Hey, hey, hey. If you're going to do that, you at least have to call it Andrew's Rage of the Week, formerly known as Laura's Rage what of the a Week. Mouthful. Sponsored by Laura's Rage of the Week. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> like Sponsored by you, Laura. I pay you usage rights. Yeah. Where are my royalties? <laughs> so my Rage of the Week, everybody knows I'm that guy now who's taking hikes and then talking about it on the show. I've been encountering something during these hikes at least once per hike, and I've been meaning to bring it up on the show. The reason that I like going on hikes is because it's peaceful. You are one with nature. You get to hear nature. You hear the birds. You hear the peacefulness. It's quiet. That's what makes it so great. At least once per hike, there's one motherfucker who is carrying around a Bluetooth stereo with them and blasting music. Of course. I do not understand why people do that. Because, A, why do you think that people want to hear your music? And B, especially in nature, when people are out there because it's peaceful. We're we're going away from the city so we don't have to hear noises. Why are you playing music and why do you think people don't mind hearing that? And if you do think people mind hearing that, then what is wrong with you? I tend to think about that in any kind of public space where people are carrying around a speaker like this. Like, I've seen this in stores and stuff, too. I'm like, what are you doing <laughs> here? Like. Like, st- like, I don't want to hear your music or when people do this on uh, transit, like yeah, they won't plug right. their headphones in. And I'm just like, oh, my or God. Or in like in break rooms. Have you guys ever experienced that yeah, before? That too. Really? What is wrong with yeah. people? Seriously? Nobody wants to hear what you like. Music is subjective. Not everybody's going to like your yeah. music. So stop forcing right. it on people. It's really funny that this is your gripe because I, I'm also trying to do more trail hiking, as I think I mentioned a few shows back. And I don't know if you come across this, but out here we have a lot of stables. And like, I feel like people that bring their horses out should pick up their poop. Oh. I know it's hard, but it's like, you know, if the trail's really narrow, maybe I'll post some pictures of the last trail I went um, hiking on over at Patreon. But it's just like almost impossible to walk over it or around it. Yeah, I've encountered that. And if you have your dog, your dog tries to sniff it and you like pull them away. No, don't step on that. I got very close to yelling at somebody a couple weeks ago because we were in this large area and it was very echoey and i see this person with like 10 other people and the guy in the front's got a boombox leading the way he was like on the other side of a valley practically so i was about to go nobody wants to hear your music 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 that old like, man yeah, then what if he what if he came over and kicked your ass after that yeah i know i, I would definitely be afraid of that that's why i don't do it or he would have been like, fuck you, you, you. Or he would have turned it up more, you know. So I didn't think it was worth it. But man, people, be mindful. Same thing with people who blast it out of cars. It doesn't bother me so much if people are blasting music out of their car when they're like on the highway, for example. Like, Okay, yeah, that's fine. But it, like, whatever. But yeah, if I'm in like bumper to bumper traffic and we're all just sitting still and somebody's sitting there with their windows down and their music blasting that is very annoying or like you're going down a street that usually isn't too busy like a residential street or something everybody's gonna hear that music that yeah you're playing, that's you know? the thing like yeah. you know if people live there 
and I've definitely had that experience of like a neighbor blasting their music as they drive by at three in the morning. It's yeah. Definitely very frustrating. What's been frustrating you, Laura? Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of frustrating, I just wanted to take a moment to complain about the fact that it's allergy season here in Georgia. And uh, I take four different kinds of daily allergy medication and still feel like ass pretty much all the time from March through May. Like, it really only helps to make it so that I'm functional but I don't feel great while I'm functioning. So I'm just going to spend the next like month and a half in a sinus headache haze because this is as good as it gets, apparently. There's, <laughs> so, there's no other solution, though? I've been to an allergist and they were like, well, you could come in for injections, but I would have to go in every week. Who has time for that? Right. Yeah. You know, um, and they don't they obviously don't want to keep like loading me up with meds because if I'm on four different medications that I mean, they do a good four. job because I'm way I'm way worse than this if I'm not taking my allergy meds. Yeah. But it's like clearly these have not solved all of my problems. So they don't want to load me up on something else, which I understand. I've thought about doing the allergy drops like the ones that you put under your tongue. But those are not currently covered by insurance. So I was mm. like, mm, um, it's too rich for my blood. So I'm just going to suffer for the next month and a half like I do every year. I don't know about you, Pam, but I do not have allergy issues. I've never had an You're issue so with You're so lucky. Allergies. I have really bad allergies just like you. Laura. And it's been really windy out here. Plus, we've been getting some rain. And as Laura knows, that just like pushes all the pollen around and it moves everything around. It's just like miserable. So I am taking what am I taking right now? Zyrtec. And also I have flow days for backup because that works really fast, even though technically I don't think you're supposed to use it every day. But, mm. you know, it's whatever at this point, whatever works is is uh, fine with me. Um, and, and it's just miserable. Especially on days where like it doesn't work. I've also started incorporating eye drops because my eyes are getting itchy. It's awful. Y'all are messes. It really is. <laughs> I no, mean, it's not it, your fault. It though, persistently but. feels like there's this dull pressure behind my eyeballs. Ew. All the time. It's horrible. Oh, man. Um, Pam, I definitely take Flonase every day. <laughs> if you're not supposed to take it every day, nobody told me. <laughs> um, but it does work really well. It keeps my yeah. sinuses clear, at least for the most part. But yeah, it's just pollen counts in the southeast in particular tend to be just insanely high. Like if you go and look them up, they'll show like this is the rate. This is like the pollen index um, that counts as like unhealthy breathing conditions. And Atlanta and Georgia are usually like several pegs above that. So this is what I'm dealing with in the middle of a pandemic too, right? So it's like I'm like coughing and hacking and sneezing and feeling like, oh, should I, you know, make that run out to the grocery store that I need to make because I don't want people to think that I have COVID. Yeah, that's the other thing too. It's like now I have to play this game. Is it allergies or is it COVID? And the same thing happened last yeah. year too. Do you do nasal flushes? I feel like that's the thing that really weirds people out when I tell them that I have to do that. Sometimes what with the neti pot? Yeah, yeah, I do the neti pot. Mark thinks it's weird. Yeah, everybody um, I know thinks it's weird too. But sometimes it's the only way to just like 
soothe the sinuses because I just get such bad burning and I can't think of anything else. You know, it's like it just yeah. occupies all of my thoughts. It's just you how know what I didn't feels. know about that though is apparently you're not supposed to use like tap water. I learned that last year, but I yeah. haven't died yet. So yeah, <laughs> same here. Fine. I've always used just like warm tap water. Me too. But then I was reading a, like a horror story article about a woman who got some brain microorganism yeah. from it. And I was like, well, that's terrifying. But also I've made it this far. So why not? Maybe I'll just start <laughs> boiling the water. But then you have to wait for it to cool off. And yeah. And then I'm afraid thing. I'm going to burn myself yeah, if I'm like burn my knees. They're already burning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Andrew, do you have you ever used a neti pot? No, the thought of those grossed me out. I've heard very <laughs> good things, though. I've heard very good things. But yeah, just ugh, like if I really needed it, I suppose I would try it. But yeah, I haven't used it. All right. So we thought we would focus a little more on COVID today because we haven't really spent a lot of time on it in recent weeks. And there's been some big updates. And Laura, you have a big personal update. Yep. So um, I am getting my vaccine uh, next Monday. So when you guys see me for the recording next Monday, I will have had my first dose. And I'm so excited. Like, I've never, ever in my life been excited about the prospect of, like, going to a doctor or going to a pharmacy, let alone getting a shot. Um, it's been such, like, a mental lift. <laughs> um, it's been a real boost over the course of the last few days since I found out I was going to be able to get my vaccine I'm like super stoked. Can't wait to get my card and like take the picture of it and send it to y'all. Yeah, you know, that's great news. I'm very happy for you. I have to say, Laura, I'm a little mad at you, though, because Why? like you didn't save this for the show. This is something you want to save for the show. It's a show moment. What you do know? you mean I didn't save it for the show? I did well, save it you, for the show. Well, no, you told us in Slack. Mm -hmm. And then I saw you telling people in the Facebook group the other day, you got to save the surprise. <sighs> I for mean, the show. You know, they asked. I wasn't going to be like, stay tuned for an update on Monday. <laughs> uh, well, um, as it turns out, I have some news of my own. Mm -hmm. You don't know what it is because I saved it yeah. for the show. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. You've got my attention. I am booked for my first shot yeah, of the COVID oh vaccination. <laughs> and I'm getting it. Wait, when are you getting yours? Monday. Yes, I'm getting mine this Thursday. Ha! What? Holy shit. You. <laughs> Andrew beat me. Oh, my God. I didn't even know we were competing. <laughs> well, we've been competing ever since the After Dark last week where you said you were racing me to complete show notes as I edit while I'm racing you on oh. the vaccine and you didn't know it. <laughs> Do you know which vaccine you're getting? Yeah, Moderna. Okay. What are you getting? It's either going to be Moderna or Pfizer. Okay. Um. I'm pretty sure I think it's going to be Pfizer just based on the cadence. So like they're scheduling my appointments 28 days apart. Mm, yeah, I yeah. Think, I don't I think Pfizer was the one that was four weeks. OK. Between doses. I don't care. I Like if I rolled up next Monday and they were like, hey, we ran out of Pfizer and Moderna. You're stuck with Johnson and Johnson. I'd be like, OK. <laughs> Whatever. It's funny seeing the reactions in the Discord, like all this congratulations. We spoke about this I last know. week, I think. Um, so for me, Pat and I both had been poking around for some of those standby lists. And uh, I was also looking in the Vegas subreddit. And there was this talk of specific pharmacies that 
seem to have plenty of vaccinations at the end of each day. So long story short, we got ourselves on one of these standby lists, but they're like very confident that they're going to have extra. They know how many Mm -hmm. extra vaccines they seem to have every day at this point. So we're going to get another confirmation um, that day. So Moderna this Thursday, and then we'll get the second one booked, I assume, after that appointment. Yeah, you'll have to give us an update about how you felt following the first dose. Yeah. Yeah. I'm only going to be a few hours in by the time we record. Yeah. And I probably won't be able to speak to anything. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't my official recommendation. Maybe it should be because I don't have one planned. (laughs) So just poke around in your local subreddits and uh, call the pharmacies too. Because all these pharmacies at this point are doling out vaccinations every day, at least the ones in my area are. And you can get on these standby lists where they'll call you, in some cases, kind of last minute, uh, if they are going to have extra doses that day. So poke around. You might find something. Poke around. (laughs) Pun not intended. That's going to be what Andrew says to the... uh pharmacist or I'm not saying anything I don't want to risk it I'm gonna walk in I'm gonna say yes ma'am yes sir and just prick me please jab me <laughs> as people have also been saying so another reason we wanted to talk about COVID this week is uh, Joe Biden made a primetime speech last Thursday where he laid out what his administration is doing to administer administer more vaccinations and the path that lies ahead there were some big highlights first of all Very good speech. Joe, as we've discussed before, has a great way of connecting with people. And he just stares into the camera. He leans over the podium and he tries to talk to you and plead with you to remain safe, continue wearing masks, etc. One of the big stories was that every American will be able to schedule their appointment for the vaccine by May, May 1st. (sighs) I know. Such refreshing news, right? Like, think about how we were feeling, you know, last summer. Um, Think about especially how we were feeling in the fall when we found out that the Trump administration had turned down something like 100 million doses. I know. (laughs) That were just offered to them. Yeah. Um, So to be here like 50 days into the first administration or into the new administration and seeing how quickly things are changing. I mean, it's still not perfect. Speaking for Georgia, I mean, Georgia has really been bungling the rollout. And I feel like now Brian Kemp is like extra motivated to try and beat the May 1st deadline. I feel like that's why (laughs) this has kicked into hyperdrive. Uh Um, But yeah, I mean, the fact that states can finally get access to the resources and the funds that they need in order to set up these mass vaccination sites and really start moving through the population, it's such like a 180 from where we were right. three months ago, you know? I know. You can really see the light at the end of the tunnel now, it feels like. It's yeah, so refreshing to have some good news. Um, so by May 1st, a website and 1-800 number will be available to help you find a place to uh, schedule the vaccine in your area. 100 million vaccinations have been administered in roughly half the time Biden promised. You know, there was some pushback when he said 100 vaccinations in the first 100 days. People criticized him because it didn't seem like that was fast enough because that was the pace that the Trump administration was on. So he beat that goal in about half the time that he had promised. And they probably wanted to underpromise and overdeliver. That was the plan. Yeah. It's a great strategy, right? Because no one can criticize him for beating his deadline. He yeah. also said that he hopes to have this country be somewhat back to normal by 4th of July, 
That's when he said he hopes we can all start gathering again in small groups. What do you two make of that timeline? That seems very American. Like, yeah, very American. <laughs> yeah, you've got to think that there was some there was a speechwriter who really loved the word picture they got to paint with that. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, but also if it is true that everyone will be able to schedule a vaccine as of May 1st, it would also be doable. And it it's such a strange feeling. Like, I don't know if you guys have gotten a sense of this yourselves, but I feel like we've been in this like holding pattern for a year. And now all of a sudden it feels like things are being thrown into like hyperdrive. Yeah. Um, where it's moving very quickly. And so I'm just trying to wrap my mind around the fact that, you know, if all of this plays out the way that the administration plans, it's so weird to imagine that I will be able to get together in small groups on the 4th of July. Like, Agreed. there's part of my mind that's like so conditioned to not doing that, that I'm going to it's going to take me a little bit of time to get used to the fact that my life can become somewhat normal again. Yeah. Really soon. There's going to be that transition period for everybody. Trump, remember last year, it was about this time a year ago, and we'll talk about that in a second, where everything got shut down. And within a few weeks, Trump started saying, open everything again by Easter, by Easter. It was an unreal, completely unrealistic timeline. It was just to please uh, the churches. And now I don't get the impression, and I think this is important to say, that Biden is setting this July 4th goal because it sounds nice. It does sound nice, but behind the scenes, they probably feel that they can issue guidelines encouraging a partial return to normal by maybe mid-June or late June at the absolute latest. Latest. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? You know, Biden's yeah. not doing it to be colorful. No, it's it's a no. feasible goal, basically, mm-hmm. especially with right. how well things are going right now with the vaccine rollout and also with this May 1st promise as well. Right. Yep. So, I mean, I, I think that one of whoever said that it's poss- more very likely that we could actually be ready to go a little bit earlier. I think that makes sense as well. But I also just feel like it's close enough to July where, you know, the idea of just like being able to celebrate on the 4th of July is, yeah, is something. It's right. great. Yeah, optics. It's good like patriotism, nationalism, yeah. you know. It is. I just want to draw a distinction between what Trump did, which was not based yeah. in data at all, oh, and no, what no. Biden is doing. He probably is basing it within data. Yeah, that is kind of wild to think that it that he was saying that this time last year, and yeah, and we definitely could not do anything normal by Easter. No, and we still won't be able to do anything normal by Easter. Nope, not at all. But I think we also have to draw the distinction between the impact of what, you know, Trump suggested and what Biden is suggesting. Trump was like, pack the churches. Do you guys remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Biden's actively like small groups. Yeah. Yep. You know, small groups not only, like, please. He's not like, pack the barbecue. Right. Pack um, the bar. He's not pack telling you to like, go down to, to Florida and go on right. vacation. Start traveling again. Good at Disney World. I've heard great things. But yeah, it has been one year since really this country began to seriously shut down. I have actually one complaint about all this one year talk. I don't think it's appropriate to be looking back on 
the anniversary because we're still in the pandemic. It's not over. You know, it's like, why relive March 17th, 2020, when we're still living in COVID attacking this country, March 17th, 2021? Yeah. You know, I wonder if more people are leaning into the retrospective side of this because of the light at the end of the tunnel we've been given. Maybe. Um, at least here in the States. I mean, we can't speak for everywhere. If we were still in like the the height of it and there was no clear way out anytime soon, I think there would have been an acknowledgement, but it would have been maybe more subdued. But I don't know. I mean, we've been through a collective social trauma in the last year, so I don't begrudge people processing that in any way that they need to. Well, I'll give you some advice. That's not a good way to do it. That's not going to make things easier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You'll be like, wow, one year ago this happened. Wait, it's still happening. No. It is, yeah, kind, of, no, for it sure. is kind of a weird way to mark the milestone because it's basically just like, here's everything we missed out on. Yeah. And that is really sad. We truly have lost a year yeah. in our lives in so many ways. I did see some, um, and I and I was kind of like waiting for these uh, features to pop up, honestly, because I felt like more people should have been talking about it sooner. But I have seen a lot of people talking about um, how like the younger generation has remained stagnant. And it is, I think that that's really interesting. Like when you look at, um, especially uh, kids in their teen years, how like that that's kind of like the last, those are like the last few years you really have to just mess around and do whatever you want before the responsibility starts kind of like slowly getting piled onto you as you go into adulthood. Yeah. And so I have noticed a lot of features popping up lately that that kind of like more in the loss of, you know, like for a lot of these kids, like like one or two very formative years in their lives where they're supposed to be hanging out with friends yeah. and like experiencing things. And then they just didn't because nobody was allowed to do anything. So that is super sad. Even Bernie Sanders called out the fact that, you know, young people aren't able to date in the way that they typically would. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. He was speaking in the Senate and he was like, so young people can get back to dating. And I'm like, thanks, Bernie. Looking out for everybody wanting to get some booty. <laughs> he knows his audience. <laughs> yep. That comment went viral, too. So yes, Smart. it did. I don't know. I thought we could revisit, though. And Andrew, you're going to hate this. Sorry for setting you up. Yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, I just remember it was it was like last week was like last Thursday or whatever was like a year ago from when I got sent home from work. And they were like, yeah, we'll see you in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks. And here we are. And it like kept getting pushed out. We all did. I mean, nationwide, we thought this was only going to be a two week shutdown. And I mean, part of the problem was that a lot of people didn't take it seriously. So the virus continued to spread rapidly. Yeah. The great irony is that it could have just been a two week shutdown. Yeah. But, you know, people yep. can't follow directions. And we have the data to prove that. I mean, we can look at other countries that truly yep. shut their countries down. For me, it was, again, like, I kind of joke about this, but when we all found out that Tom Hanks had COVID, that was a big deal. We were like, how could COVID attack such a nice, innocent man? We realized that COVID was a real <laughs> enemy. And when I think it was that same day, the NBA announced that they were going to put a pause on uh, matches. That was a huge deal. Sports never get canceled on a nationwide level like that. You know, and then we started hearing about concerts getting canceled and people working from home. And also just Pat starting to work from home was a really big deal. Like he had his work laptop there 
And uh, it was like, wow, he's actually going to be working from home for a little while. It felt like an extended snow day. Yeah, it's kind of hard for me because like you, Andrew, I was already working from home. So I don't have like, uh, you know, kind of one of those, oh, shit, this is serious moments. I think a lot of people like you, Laura, did kind of realize that maybe it would be a little bit more serious if they hadn't already when they did start getting sent home. And that just like never happened for me. But my mom got sick with... I'm assuming at this point it was still just the cold, but she was like really sick in February. And this it was like towards the end of February, early March that she was just really down for the count. And so I went to Kaiser to pick up her prescription medication because she could just not leave the house. And I think that that was kind of like the first time that it it sort of felt like maybe things were getting serious because just going to the hospital and seeing everybody in masks and like starting to see the people pass out masks if you were going through was just like, I don't know, it was really like nerve wracking, um, especially anytime I passed anybody that was like coughing up a lung. It's like, well, maybe people are really starting to get sick. Uh, around this time last year, though, my brother was expecting his first baby. She's going to be one next month. And so they were planning a baby shower for St. Patrick's Day weekend, which would be uh, this last weekend for us this year. And I made the decision not to go because it just kind of felt like things were revving up. And it just I didn't feel comfortable. And I remember a couple of people that were going saying that I was overreacting. But then, you know, like two weeks later, everything was shut down. Oh, so I didn't feel that bad you, about missing out on that. No, you totally just jarred a memory for me. We were also invited to a St. Patty's party that we also opted out yeah. of. And <laughs> Nobody said anything to us, but I just got the vibe that people thought we were being ridiculous. Yeah. You know, now it's like, well, who's laughing now? Not me. I hate to say this, but like a couple of people in the medical profession as well that were going to be at this party uh, also yeah. told me that it was probably fine to go. And oh, yeah, that's not good. I will say, though, for a lot of people, ourselves included, to some extent, I'm sure there was this transition period you know, into taking this super seriously or wearing masks. Oh, yeah. You know, I remember early on, I went to an in-person meeting with somebody and it was probably maybe around this time last year. And it was before I was taking COVID super seriously. It was just before. And uh, this person who I was actually meeting in person for the first time, typically, what would I do? I would shake their hand. She was like, I don't want to shake hands right now. And I was like, oh, yeah, no problem. But in my head, I'm like, oh, come on, you're overreacting. What a weirdo. You know, it was just like it was all so surreal at the time. So given this proclamation from Biden that he thinks that in this country, people will be able to get together in small groups for the 4th of July, we wanted to ask this question of the week for our Discord, um, our patrons who are tuning in live over at patreon.com slash millennial. And the question is, what will you be doing for your next major national holiday? So here in the US, think like 4th of July being Biden's example, but I'm sure there are other holidays going on between now and then for y'all. So let us know. Mm. What are you going to be doing? Is your question then, are we actually going to celebrate in some way with other people? Yeah. Or, yeah. I I don't know. Typically, I love the 4th of July. But since we just moved out here, I would love to go to a pool. 
But I, we're just going to have to see where we're at with like cases and mm-hmm. stuff. And if the virus continues to spread and how many people have been vaccinated in a normal year, I would love to go to a pool or barbecue, hang out with people. But yeah, this year, I don't know. I think it might still be too early. Like, I believe what Biden says about some return to normalcy. I also need to go home at some point. I haven't been back in a long time. So maybe this 4th of July, I'll go home. I think I I might. It depends. But because I'm such a nervous Nelly, and obviously, you know, my top priority this whole pandemic has been making sure that my grandparents stay safe and like nobody goes near them because I just don't trust like anybody. Honestly, it's really bad. But they will both have gotten their second doses by tomorrow. And so I feel like perhaps I'll be comfortable going over to their house for Easter. And I know that that would make them very happy. So even if I'm not vaccinated by Easter, I could go in there just like knowing that if I wear a mask and stay you know, a little bit further away that I won't get sick if they're they're carrying it, but that they won't get sick, which is like the most important part. Right. Yeah. That sounds like a smart plan. They could even wear masks too still, just yeah, in case, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah exactly. That's the whole thing. It's just because it's like it's hard. They're they're old now and it's hard for them to get in and out of the house. So I just think they miss having people in their house. And so yeah, of it'll course. be nice to, yeah. to to be able to do that, hopefully. Yeah, I'm sure we'll probably do something small as a family. Um, we usually like cook out. We might invest in some fireworks and set some off in the driveway. Um, but that's usually what we do anyway. Invest and... in fireworks. Yeah. Invest in <laughs> Let fireworks. Me tell you, Laura, once they explode, they're pretty worthless. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> no, that's true. Like a lot of things. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, we'll probably do that, um, which really isn't too much of a departure from how we've done holidays anyway, because mm-hmm. um, we don't we don't tend to invite people over for large gatherings. Remember when I was saying like before we started recording, I don't like to talk to my neighbors, so mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't invite them over for things. <laughs> so that um, will stay the same. Yeah, so that will stay the same. Let's see in the Discord. Beth says working as I usually do. Uh, Loyalist Lord says, just the usual, even before the pandemic, family gathering at parents. Ashley said, I just can't wait to see my mom again. I haven't been able to see her since November 2019. Aww, cute. Mm -hmm. Shelby says, definitely not gathering for 4th of July, but I can't wait to see my family around Christmas. That's nice. For me, I'm actually realizing it's probably going to be close to two years by the time I see my family since I last saw them. Because, like, I don't go home too often. It was probably summer 2019, meaning already a year and a half has passed. And, yeah, it'll be two years. That's nuts. Jeez. Michelle says, hopefully celebrating Canada Day if I'm vaccinated by then. Vaccine rollouts are slower here, though. I'm going to reveal my ignorance. When is Canada Day? (laughs) I'm Googling it to find out. Thank you. You know, see, I could have Googled it silently. And not admitted that I right. don't know when it is. It's good to admit but, when you we know don't what? know things, though. Yeah, I appreciate your yeah. honesty. I could have silently Googled as well and acted <laughs> like I knew it off the top of my head. Been like, God, Laura. <laughs> it's so July ignorant. 1st. Duh. And July 1st is a Thursday. Duh. <laughs> well, hopefully that'll be possible. Yeah, that seems realistic, at least yeah. by Biden's thinking. Um, Liza says, no idea. Got to see what happens with the variant still. That's definitely. Yeah, that's a- my thought. That's a good point. For sure. I really do feel like by the end of 2021, though, things are going to be back to normal, period. I know some things will be changed forever, but I feel like we're just going to be back to how we used to socialize 
by the end of this year. Because July, you know, July 4th, uh, somewhat returned to normal. By then, that'll have been two months since we started vaccinating everybody in this country. It just seems realistic to think by the holidays this year, things will be back to normal socially. Here's the question for you then, Andrew. Will you go back to shaking people's hands by the end of the year? Um, well, I'm definitely going to continue with all the hand sanitizer. So maybe. There has been talk about doing away with the handshake permanently. I'm okay with that. I think some of this is overblown. I really think nat- we're so used to shaking people's hands, even after COVID, that we're going to get back to it in time. I just haven't seen anybody, like, really, you know, anybody knew that I would need to shake hands with since yeah. COVID happened. So, but like, I, I, like, but that's what I'm getting at is that I, I feel like my gut reaction would just be to try and shake that person's hand anyway, because that would be like uh-huh. the natural mm-hmm progression of things if like none of this had happened and i have like no practice and i i've literally just been a, a recluse no honestly for like the last uh, year let's let's get you like an inflatable doll that you could practice no i'm okay hands with. <laughs> <laughs> we can save that uh millennial money for something else i want okay how about this later this year on patreon you can record yourself as you're shaking somebody's hand for the first time in like two years and we can rate how well you shook that person's hand. I was going to say that um, okay. that would be a little creepy, but I feel like I could maybe do it as part of like an in-person interview. So it would happen naturally. There you go. There you go. <laughs> what I'll do is um, at some point, we'll all be able to get together again and I'll save my first handshake until that moment. Oh, there you and go. I'll, I'll, I'll do that with you guys and you can rate me. Like Smart. one to ten, because, how shitty was this handshake? Because you'll know that we'll we'll sanitize our hands before we shake yeah, yours. Exactly. Shake my hand, exactly. and then I'll pretend to be my dead uncle. I'll go. What are you, gay? Shake harder. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know if I said that on After Dark or the main did, show. Yeah. But <laughs> After Dark, okay. My uncle called me gay once for not shaking his hand hard enough, and that was way before I came out. <laughs> you were that like, stuck he with knows. Me. <laughs> he knows I didn't oh, needless to say horrible. now every handshake is a firm straight handshake my uncle would be proud I don't think we've ever uh done a handshake Andrew in all the time I'm I've sure known you we have come on no? we've known when each other would... forever yeah but when would we have sh- like under what like what circumstances would have led us to shake hands not when we met. How about like a high five? I mean, I've high fived JK Rowling. We've high fived. It's different from a handshake. I can't judge your handshake based on a high five. Maybe we, we were making a bet. <laughs> <laughs> we shook okay. on it. Well, this will happen one day. <laughs> yes. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> it's going to be amazingly awkward. Well, speaking of all this, Pam. Do you want to talk about reopening? Yeah, I, I feel like this is a, a good next topic for us because quite a few people in the Discord have also been talking about trying to figure out if they're going to be ready to go back to normal or not. We sort of touched on that earlier in this segment, but regardless of whether or not we're ready with the vaccine rollout. Uh, Also comes a lot of reopening in various states. And since we all live in different states, I kind of just wanted to have a loose discussion talking about whether or not we've seen uh, an increase of things opening up at a faster pace. California has been fairly locked down for quite a while. And so I don't know if my, um, 
you know, uh, I have like a skewed perspective on this because this last weekend was kind of the first time that a lot of stuff started opening up for us uh, based on county, of course, because we're on the the tier uh, tiered zones. So anything in like a red uh, tier could open for like indoor dining for a certain amount of capacity. Some movie theaters were open in certain counties. Indoor gyms also open at a, a limited capacity. And all of that has just been really jarring for me to see. Like I drove past an IHOP yesterday and people were inside and I was like, what is this world? Um, and so I wanted <laughs> to know how it has been for you guys in your respective states. Yeah. So similarly, there things have been reopening at a pretty steady pace. It's been a while since restaurants and casinos, in the case of Vegas, were completely shut down. Nevada recently increased capacity limits at large gatherings. Restaurants and stores, they're supposed to have capacity limits. Like, they'll have the signs out front. But there's no lines anymore to get into any of these places, and they seem pretty damn busy to me. I, have, I haven't been in a line to enter a, a building during the pandemic for a long time now. So I think in all of these cases, it seems like it's just down to the individual place of business to actually decide how to space people out and how many people they want in their place of business. It's impossible for the state to enforce this, really. I mean, it'd just be impossible to check up on every single business. So it seems to me like the restrictions are loosening, not because the state is saying so necessarily, but because these businesses are also looking at how things are trending and they're like, uh, you know, we can open it more. It's not a huge deal. But restaurants I have seen and like, you know, the stores, they'll try to space people out with like where to stand in line and whatnot and which way to go down the aisle, which I find so annoying. I can't wait for that to be over. And also just want to mention some of the shows are returning in Vegas, the live shows. And like down on the strip. And I'm like, it is way too early to sit in a theater with other people and watch Carrot Top do dumbass magic tricks. That is one of the shows that is reopening here in Vegas. I'm like, like, who's dying to go to Carrot Top? (laughs) Well, I was going to say, who who needs money to open their show so early? But Carrot Top, that makes sense. You know, I'm sure (laughs) Celine Dion is just fine without you know, getting back to her residency. Yeah, exactly. Well, out here, I would call it the Wild West, even though it's like the furthest coast you can go to on this side of the continent. But um, honestly, everything's been pretty much open since last summer. Um, There was a really small window where Georgia shut everything down. Um, But it was a matter of weeks before places were allowed to reopen. So people have been dining in restaurants and going out to bars since early into last summer. And same as you were saying, Andrew, there are capacity limits that the state has, but nobody seems to be enforcing them anymore. I can't tell you the last time I had to wait in a line to get in the grocery store, for example. Like, I remember that being a really big thing at the start of our shutdown here was like every time you went to the store, you almost always had to wait in line because of the capacity limits. Um that doesn't seem to be a thing anymore. And to be honest, that's part of what's made this whole experience so isolating for me is to be taking it as seriously as I am, but then to feel like the community I live in is acting like it's not happening. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I still get people who treat me like I'm being ridiculous sometimes, even now, Um, And it's because they're looking to 
the state which is allowing these places to be open. So exactly. And on a related note, I've seen that they removed the mandate to wear masks in Texas. And some businesses hate that because they can't hide behind the state's guidelines for cover when they still want people wearing a mask in their store. And I feel awful for those stores who want to continue requiring people to wear masks. That does suck. Yeah. It worries me about the spread in this country still. It's interesting you say that because I I feel like ever since the vaccine rollout has just been steadily increasing out here in California, I've seen more storefronts um, like putting up signs that tell people that they still need to put their masks on because it's just really easy for people to think. Well, everybody's getting back. Most people are getting vaccinated. That's yes. But in the grand scheme of how large California is, no. And so it's just kind of like foolish to think, well, I know, you know, most people I know are vaccinated. So that must mean everybody else is vaccinated. So that means I'm safe, even though I'm not vaccinated. It doesn't work that way. Did you see that Abbott, um, like a day after he removed the mask requirement, was grilling biden about letting immigrants you know quote flow over the borders and bring covid to texas and i was like you fucker unbelievable (laughs) your residents are the problem not the people coming over the border (laughs) like what not the (laughs) asylum seekers (laughs) yes yes we're about to talk about a big change that might be coming to Netflix, and it may cause you to think to yourself, I need to save some extra money. Well, you're in luck because we have one sponsor this week, and this is the only one ever on this show that will actually save you money. You know who I'm talking about. It's Honey. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. They range from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. I promise you, most sites you use, if not all of them, will be supported by Honey. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites, and when you go to check out, Honey springs into action. It says, hey, don't forget about me. Here I am. I'm ready to save you some money. And all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. Then you just wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons you can use, and then it automatically applies them. It's so easy, and you don't even have to remember to use it because it will remind you. As we put our new home together, Honey has saved me a lot of money shopping for decorations like art and plants. Remember, I am the plant daddy after all. I saved $10 on a photo that I had had my eye on on the Lowe's website. Yes, Lowe's Home Improvement does sell nice art. Don't at me. If you don't already have Honey, you could just be straight up missing out on free savings. And that is honestly painful for me to think about. So it's literally free and installs in just a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting the show. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash M-I-L-L. That's joinhoney.com slash M-I-L-L. All right. I wanted to talk about something that Netflix appears to be developing. It looks like Netflix is testing cracking down on shared accounts by limiting account access to a specific house. Boo. They claim this is to crack down on unauthorized usage. But many are speculating that this is the way they're going to discourage people from sharing passwords. Because, of course, and we've joked about this on the show for a while, people like sharing their Netflix password. Everybody does it. It's very easy to do. But to me, this new rule does seem extreme. 
uh, because you may share an account with your family or a partner who lives in a different house than yours, or maybe you own more than one house and you use the same Netflix account. You know, it's just, it seems to be going too far. Um, like I said, it is a test, but I feel like when they start rolling out tests like this, they end up rolling it out worldwide. So I'm concerned about it. My theory is that Disney has been, and this is true, Disney has been catching up to Netflix in terms of subscription numbers. And maybe Netflix is thinking, well, let's uh, let's disallow password sharing and then more people will sign up. Netflix currently allows two simultaneous viewers per account on the standard plan. And then the premium plan allows four simultaneous viewers. I feel like that's enough of a limit to prevent people from sharing their password. Yeah. Because how many people use a single account and then run into the too many people are using this account error. And if people hit that message, then you would think they might go out and get an account of their own. Personally, I would be affected by this change because I share my account with my parents, my sister, and Ryan. That's three other households besides mine. I would be too because my brother and I split subscription services and he takes care of Netflix and I take care of, um, I think, what am I taking? I think Amazon... And maybe Disney Plus. We might have split that one. I don't know, but it works out. And I feel like mm-hmm. most people do that too. But that's that's yeah. two households for sure. And if I'm not home and my mom is using the Netflix account that's linked to like the Apple TV in the in the living room, that's technically three. Right. Yeah. Well, and and my question here would be like, what if you're traveling for work, for example, and you just want to yeah. watch Netflix on your fucking laptop? Like, yeah. It's yeah. Just, seems like i just wonder how like is it going to be based on ip i assume but then doesn't your ip change when you like leave the area it can change yeah yeah Yeah. like even sometimes with hypable like i um i get this error message when i'm trying to just like work that says that 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 the hypable admin doesn't recognize my ip like how's that well hypable knows you're not a trustworthy person pam yeah (laughs) we have some extra filters on your accounts how about just a limit on how many homes can have access to the Netflix account. So say four, like there's a limit on four simultaneous streams. To your question, Laura, about what if you travel, I use YouTube TV and they really crack down on multiple users. And when I am somewhere else, they'll say, oh, are you just visiting this location right now? Or have you permanently moved? And I'll just say, I'm I'm just temporarily visiting this location. And then they'll allow me access at that location for three months. Um, so I think Ugh. Netflix has to do something like that. And I just still feel like just that's feel like so that's, controlling. Yeah, it's very micromanagey. Like, yeah. Well, like I said, I think they want to get more subscribers, monthly subscribers. And the way to do that is to crack down on how many people do use it. It's kind of funny, though, because like I've noticed, and this is kind of a bit of a sidebar, but Netflix and uh, Apple TV Plus specifically have been amping up their uh, children's programming over the course of the past year or so. So a lot of children's programming is getting the green light over those two streamers. And it's probably a direct result of the fact that Disney is tailor-made from the start to appeal to families. And so that's Mm -hmm. probably why their subscription numbers have been going up or they got a huge spike. And then it also doesn't hurt that, you know, they have all these Marvel series coming down the pipeline because that's an established franchise. And Netflix hasn't really been able to do that yet. Yeah. And I was also thinking this plan, if they decide to crack down, could backfire. If they decide to crack down to get more people to subscribe, 
if people start getting kicked out of these accounts, they could get a subscription of their own, or maybe they'll realize they actually don't need Netflix as much as they once did. So they might not get an account, another account, and then viewership numbers of these shows will go down because less people are watching the show on the same account. We'll see what happens. I don't really know how to gracefully transition over, but in other <laughs> pop culture news, the Grammys were last night. Um, they were originally scheduled for the end of January, but got pushed back due to the pandemic as most things have. And so I thought that maybe we could talk a little bit about that. Uh, just to recap for anybody that didn't watch, uh, there were a few standout winners last night. Megan Thee Stallion won Best New Artist, Best Rap Performance, and Best Rap Song. Taylor Swift took home Album of the Year. That's her third time winning in that category over the course of her entire career. Uh, her won Song of the Year for I Can't Breathe. And Beyonce also had a really big night. She uh, now has a lifetime total of 28 Grammys. That's more wins than any other woman and equal on par to the total wins for Quincy Jones. So those were kind of like the the bigger recap moments of the night. But there was also a lot of emphasis on on performances. Like the Grammys ceremony is super long. And we only see a slice of it. Like it actually starts around 11 a.m. on Grammy Sunday. But I really enjoyed a lot of the performances. And if you like watching music performances, I highly recommend checking those out on YouTube because you can probably find them now. Did you guys watch some of these? Some of them. And a lot of these performances were tailored to millennials. Uh, they used to try to cater to everybody, but not this year. I mean, you know, there was this first ever performance of WAP. Yeah. Or WAP. <laughs> and uh, man, that was dirty. Big ass bed, lots of grinding and stuff. Like <laughs> I, Pat Pat looked at me. He was like, I cannot believe CBS is allowing this. I mean, they were bleeping out pussy. But like everything else that was happening was pretty adult. <laughs> like, I don't know if I would let my kids watch that. My mom <laughs> left the room to get a glass of water. <sighs> and she did not come there you go. Yeah. Hey, you know what? At least they were just bleeping out the word pussy rather than using like the kids bop version of this song. Yeah. Wet ass pussy cat. As Trevor Noah <laughs> joked. <laughs> Tell your kids it's about a cat. <laughs> that gets people talking online. And maybe the Grammys need to be edgier like that to get people to tune in. Only 9 million people tuned in last night. That was the lowest Grammys event yet. That's not anything new. I feel like there is a steady decline in all award shows, not just the Grammys. That's like the big news story every year after any award show. You know what? Yeah, the Grammys, while they were low, it actually was not the lowest rated awards show of the season. And I think that's partly because people really connect with these artists, of course. Um, you don't really connect with movies and television shows in the same way you want to see that artist win the grammy whereas you care less if a tv show you like wins an award i think also a lot of us just like like well all of us have not been able to enjoy much live music this past year yeah. i've done a right. few virtual concerts though i don't know if any of you guys have paid to just watch some virtual yeah, yeah. i've done a couple of virtual conf or concerts mm -hmm. yeah yeah. So, but, but for people that are not doing that or for people whose favorite artists are not doing that, it, this was kind of like a nice way to see a lot of different people that are on the radio performing live. Yeah. 
I didn't watch long enough to know the answer to this for sure or the details of this for sure, but they had this separate set where there were live performances happening, right? What was really cool about it is that there was like three artists on the stage all watching each other as they performed. I loved that. That was like uh, a cool, like cool. laid back bar environment. And it was a bar because they were drinking while watching uh, their fellow artists perform. That was a very nice touch. And while I don't know if that format for the Grammys would work every year, I think the common theme with all these award shows and like these presentations, I'm thinking of like Apple events in the past year where there's no live audience, they're doing things in entirely new ways. And it's so refreshing to see. So again, I don't know if I would want to see it every year, but it's interesting to see how they're handling uh, removing crowds. And in a lot of cases, it works out really well. Yeah, one thing that I really that that, that I think that they must have mandated that worked out really well is that everybody that was in the audience was wearing masks, and so you, you saw a lot of people coordinating masks with their outfits. And the only time anybody took their mask off was either if they were going to go up to accept an award or they were performing. Um, and I just think that you know. Not explicitly saying, but just kind of like showing that on TV is really important because that's still something that we need to be doing on the whole as a population. So it seems like it was safely done um, as best as they could with with people there. A lot of other award shows have, you know, opened up the audience to first responders. So this is kind of like one of the first that has actually had um, nominees in the audience. Yeah, yeah. And I believe that the Oscars are going to they just announced that they're going to do that as well. But that's still a little ways off, so there will be even more vaccinations by that point. Yeah. Oscars are late this year, end of April. I know. Jeez. I mean, I get it. But... Ignorant question. When are they usually? February. Okay. Yeah, they would have happened by now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Very late. I remember one year they were in early March, and I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, that is crazy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. What a catastrophe. What a catastrophe. Yeah. <laughs> and they just did the nominations this morning. That never happens. You never have like a huge award show and then like another huge award show situation happening one right after the other. So yeah. Yeah. Laura, I see you wanted to talk about something that was really shitty. <laughs> yeah. So I'll see you guys later. Yeah. Bye, Andrew. You go take um, a pee break. <laughs> so... I actually kind of need to. So I might. <laughs> they totally uh, bait and switched Selena fans. Um, Selena was given a Lifetime Achievement Award posthumously, and it w- their tribute was just a f- picture of her. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Nothing and they else. didn't even air it yeah. on like uh, on the broadcast. Yeah, and it's oh. like, wasn't there a really? There was a tribute. I forget which award show it was with, but um, J Lo joined. Los Dinos, and they did a whole like tribute medley, and she got all dressed up and everything. She like reassumed the role, and it was really well done. And I was expecting something along those lines. Like when you call something a tribute, yeah, and you're awarding a lifetime achievement award like that, I do expect something a little more, especially for like the queen. I just, uh, I was so disappointed. Laura's Rage yeah. of the Week is back. Yeah, it is. I'm just, uh, I believe that was the Billboard Awards in 2015, maybe. I should, we, we yeah. should just rewatch that and, and pretend like it was I last know. night because just, it was so well done. I just I feel agree, like though. she was robbed and she's already been done dirty with that TV series. So I was really hopeful for something more meaningful, but you know. This was also a big year for Selena. Like it was, um, wasn't it like the anniversary of her, a big milestone anniversary of her death? 
Yeah, actually, yeah. and I know she died in March. I don't remember. Yeah, what in day. 1995, right? Yeah. Well, so that would be fifth. Uh, what 25 years? 25. I mean, she's at this point. She's been dead longer than she was ever she's alive. A, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's. Just, it would have been nice to to have seen them do a little bit more just because of that, and also just like knowing that anytime you tell the fan base that you're going to do something selena related they expect more um the only very tiny silver lining is that she's not the only one that was receiving a lifetime achievement award last night and nobody got uh more of a spotlight than you know basically yeah but yeah you're so right like selena like her her whole persona as an artist and as a performer was to do it up and do it up big. So I feel like when you tell her fans, hey, we're doing a tribute for her, there's like there's a bar that has to be met. Like there is an expectation that people are gonna have in mind. Yeah. And she's the ultimate click yeah. clickbait. Yeah. Honestly. And so that's so I, I feel your disappointment. I'm glad that we can continue to bond over yes. being disappointment. <laughs> I could go on about my disappointment for another 30 minutes, but I don't want to create an editing nightmare. <laughs> let's let's have you two write a letter or call CBS and voice your complaints. Okay. Or maybe like to the FCC, you can call. Who do you call when you have a complaint about what you see on television? We got to call them. Well, the FCC can like the standards and yeah. some yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, let's call them you on next week's episode. Mm-hmm. Or I'll take the clip that we just had here and I'll I'll play that and just into send their it. phone There line. we go. Yeah. Perfect. We're going to talk a little bit more music in After Dark as well, just piggybacking off of Music's Biggest Night. And I also pulled uh, a fun BuzzFeed quiz for us to take together that has absolutely nothing to do with music knowledge, uh, but I think will just be kind of fun. You have some good nostalgic questions here for us in After Dark today. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. That will be available at patreon.com slash millennial. And now it's time for recommendations. I'm going to violate the rule that we used to have in place. (laughs) I want to recommend looking around, again, in your local subreddits. I I can violate this rule because this is important. This is a health issue. This is a a society issue. This is one of, yeah, this is a PSA. Uh, Check your local subreddits for talks about, for talk about vaccinations in your area where it's easier to get one. Maybe certain pharmacies have more vaccinations than other places. Also, just call around to pharmacies. Ask if you can get on one of their lists. Actually, I do have a genuine recommendation. I just remembered. There is a site where you can sign up to get notified of any leftover vaccines in your area. HiDrB.com. It's free to sign up. 1.8 million people have signed up now, myself included. I did not get my vaccination through this list, but I did sign up just in case. Uh, You can sign up. You put in some very simple info. And then they'll call you or text you when a pharmacy nearby or another place that has vaccinations nearby can get you in that day. They'll call you like two hours beforehand. So HiDrB.com, H-I-D-R-B.com. It's a great recommendation. My brother actually signed up for that. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. My recommendation, and I could be totally mispronouncing this in my head. It sounds like Eloquy, so that's what I'm going to say. I wanted to recommend Eloquy Jeans. Um, so this is a brand that I've seen pop up a lot in my Facebook feed. And every time their stuff pops up, I'm like, oh, that's cute. But then I recognize like I've never bought anything from there before. 
there's not, you know, there's nowhere that I could go nearby to try on their clothes. And I noticed that they were having a really good like 50% off denim sale. So I invested in a couple of pairs and they're so comfy, um, really, really cute, great fit. And I also really like that they have different fit styles depending on your body type. So like they have ones that are meant for people with larger hips and tinier waists or people who tend to carry most of their weight in their tummy um, or people who are just more like uniform throughout. So they have a lot of different options for different body types. So you won't be trying to like cram yourself into like a one size fits all type style. Um, I really like them and would recommend checking them out. And I wanted to recommend the Super Goop Super Screen Daily Moisturizer because the warm weather is coming. You should wear sunscreen all the time, but especially when it starts heating up for summertime. Um, I really like this a lot. It is not greasy and it sinks into the skin really fast. So you can put it under foundation super easily if you're going to be wearing that. Um, and it has SPF 40, which is usually a little bit lower than I like to go because I burn like crazy. But for most people, SPF 40 is more than enough to start with. So I'd recommend checking that out if you're looking for a good sunscreen. Cool. Do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to Millennial. If you could take a moment to do that, we would greatly appreciate it because it helps new listeners discover the show. If you have anything to say about today's episode, you can email millennialshow at gmail.com or use the contact form on millennialshow.com. That is also where we have our confessional where you can submit anything anonymously. You can also follow us on social media. We are Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.